Now here is the great, great secret of effectual prayer. Listen carefully. The prayer that gets to heaven starts in heaven. I believe God wants to shake this old country one more time with heaven-sent revival. That's what God wants to do. There also has to be the other side of the coin, our responsibility to share that life-changing message with those around us. There's something in the nature of God that wants His love to be shared with other people. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast exploring the ins and outs of church revitalization with your hosts, Matt Hensley and Kyle Beerman. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Christian Standard Bible. We encourage you to check out the CSB after the show to learn about a translation that is both readable and accurate at csbible.com. Hey, Kyle, guess what? Matt, baseball is back. No, that's not oh. what I'm talking about. Oh. Uh, for three long summers here in Mayhill, New Mexico, we have suffered for Jesus in the summer months of thermostat reading like 85 to 90 degrees every evening. And uh, finally, uh, we have an air conditioning unit. We have hey. made it to like 1980s or something. I don't know when those were invented, but we have made it to then. And it's absolutely wonderful. Like the first day, I just like laid down with my head right by the, the vent. And because our vents are down in the ground. And uh, so I laid down by the vent and uh, then promptly got up and, and got my Snuggie because it was really cold. And uh, have you frozen up your unit yet? Have you turned it down so cold that, that, it, no. that it's frozen no, up? No, 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 because like I think I'm going to have to pay for the uh, additional electricity for having air conditioning. So, yes, that's true. Uh, You're probably right. I have, uh, I've kept it at a reasonable number. Uh, the first day when we first turned it on, it was at 68. And then I, I was actually cold. And so we, we keep it at 75 right now and it's perfect. And, uh, and then it really only has to come on a little bit, you know, it cools down the house once it gets a little warmer in the afternoon and uh, comes on a couple of times in the uh, evening. And then it doesn't come on again because the temps go down and, and the windows are open. We've got the windows on and, and the house gets even colder. So it, uh, it has a good little head start in the morning with the, uh, the air coming through and then, uh, you know, maybe comes on four or five times. So, so, so for our listeners who do not live in the mountains, what, when you wake up in the morning, typically what's the temperature outside? Is it still in the forties? In the summer, 48, maybe 45, 48. It's, it's marvelous. And, uh, and then by nine o'clock, it's usually 60 to 70. And then by the, uh, the late afternoon, it, uh, it'll top 80, uh, here for a couple of weeks and then the the rain comes in which we got last night yeah. quite a bit of rain and uh so this morning it was a little bit colder this afternoon i think we're gonna get some rain too but that was always the thing though is we we got like a a rude awakening after the sbc annual meeting rip uh, the uh we would come back from the annual meeting we would have left and maybe the high would have been 70 and we came back and without any deviation we'd return and the high would be like 85 that day. And I was like, Oh, it's here. Oh. And so it was, oh, the, oh, a high of 85. It's so brutal. So rough. Yeah. High of 85. Uh, I know you're, you're uh, 85 in the morning. What's the temperature right now? Uh, right now. The temperature is 
So it's 68 right now. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. a little bit cooler. In, in five so, minutes, it's going to be 110. So we, yeah, for, for those who've never been to Alamogordo, we, we have mountains, the, the mountains actually where Matt lives right on the Eastern side of kind of the Eastern border of Alamogordo. And so there is no like gentle sunrise here. Like when the sun comes up, it's, it's full blast okay. and it, yeah. he, it heats up in a hurry. So, but Matt, since yeah, we're talking about summer, oh, equally is great news. Yes. Equally is great news is baseball's back. Yes. So we've got air conditioning, back. and I can watch it and not die in my house. <laughs> so, be, because here's what I used to do: I would sit out in the in the porch, or sometimes even on sides inside, and I would get my socks wet. And I would put the fan on the other side of my, my socks and, uh, and that kind of the wetness or whatever would cool me down. And then I would usually put some ice in my hat and then maybe sit on some ice. So that's what kept me, not sit on it like under my butt, but under my back, behind my back. Interesting. Did you want to know that? So, I, th- Did our that listeners is, need to know that? Not really. Not, but, no, but no. We get to now watch that <laughs> in a comfortable 74, 75 degrees in but, our home watch the Astros bang some trash cans and go to the world series again, uh, after 60, 60 games, like for real. So that was always the thing like major league baseball. I, I was like all in until the, the all-star game. I was all in watching. I would stay up, you know, those, uh, I always have to do the, the, the picture in my, my mind, I guess the West coast games, uh, I would stay up for those and, you know, still get up at two thirty, and it was brutal. I did that all the way to like the all-star break. And then there was like a lull that I had to just take a break from baseball for a little bit. Uh, not because I was too into it, but I was just kind of out of it. And then I would get to come back in, you know, usually around August or, or September or so. And, and then I was back in all in for the, uh, the playoffs. That's, that's the games that are after the regular season, Kyle. I know that your yes. your team doesn't really get to see that a whole lot, uh, but the uh, the Astros did, and so I'd get to watch those, and uh, so that was always fun. Uh, but so now, like quite literally, every game yes matters. Yeah. Uh, so like, so the the whole thing with the baseball season is, I mean, it, it it's always called a marathon. I mean, you're talking about 162 games. In, in 185 days, right? So, I mean, it's a grueling six months, but, but you're right. You, you, you play for the, long, for the long game, right? So you're willing to, I mean, you, you know, you're going to lose a game here. You're going to lose a game there, but hopefully, the, 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 I mean, you're playing well over a long period. This year, it's going to be an absolute sprint. I mean, 60 games, you're talking about basically a third of a season. Um, 60 games in 70 days. So there's not going to be a, a ton of breaks. Um, it's, and, and, and also there are some rule changes, Matt, to, to yes. baseball. And so, so for our friends um, who, lesser who, league. who, who follow teams in, in that, in that lesser national league, um, that they are not going to get their, to see their beloved pitchers hit this year, which oh. is, which is always entertaining. Right, because it there's is. there are some pitchers that, that that just I mean look like they've never handled a bat before. I mean they may have been in the major leagues for for 14 years and, and they look like they're picking up a bat for the first time. <laughs> the closest thing to it is like that time that uh, there was somebody that uh, just kind of held up a uh, a Bible 
uh, for, for some photos and so forth. And it was just so awkward and didn't quite know how to hold it and so forth, being very careful here. Uh, but, uh, you know, didn't quite know how to hold it. That's these guys. It's like, what is this thing? Like, what do I do with this? And, and so somebody comes out like the press reporter comes out. And it's like, is that your Bible? Uh, or is that your bat? It's, 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 it's a bat. It's a bat. <laughs> now, yeah. now I will say, so as a, as an American league fan, right. Uh, though the interleague games are, are always kind of fun because you, you, I mean, it was always a lot of fun to see the, to see the pitchers, you know, spend a, about a week in the batting cage, getting ready to to face a a, a national league pitcher, and, but and then you get you get moments like Bartolo Colon hitting his first home run at like age forty, right? When he's been in the league for twenty years. So so here's what here's what will be really interesting though. Um, I'm curious to see if um, so so we saw this some with the Angels uh, with with Shohei Otani who would come in and DH on his days when he wasn't pitching because he was he's one of those guys. Um, I'm curious to see if Madison Bumgarner like absolutely throws a fit and says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hit. Don't, you're not going to take the bat out of my hands. Like if they'll let him pinch hit or, or something like that in a game, that would be really fun to see how it works. What's out. another rule? A- another what? Anymore? How, how many people are going to the playoffs? Um, that's a good question. I've not, it's not in this press release. Be like 16 or something like that. And I thought, man, the Rangers have a chance this year. Uh, let's see. So teams will open the season with 30-man active roster. They'll be reduced to 28 players after two weeks, then to 26 after four weeks. Trade deadline is August 31st, so they're extending that out. So basically at the halfway point of the season is, is going to be the, the uh, um, trade deadline. Um, I'm not seeing anything about the about playoffs here. So that'll, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Way to go. Yeah. But you know what, Matt? We are going to have baseball, and and it will be a season unlike, much like 2020. It'll be a season unlike anything else we've seen, and and hopefully unlike anything else we see uh, for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped. I've been watching baseball, the KBO thing, because I can get up and it's live and it's wonderful. You know, two 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 thirty a.m. here. It's already basically about to come on and uh, can watch some KBO. And those guys just love the game. And that's some, something kind of fun about watching, you know, minor league and so forth is they're, they're playing for a shot. Uh, they just want to get noticed. They're hungry. Sometimes there's that in the major leagues. You know, sometimes you kind of lack the, the whole just the love of the game. Uh, but you were talking about uh, Ken Griffey. Uh, his love of the game so much uh, was that he wasn't going to play for the uh, the Yankees. That was yes. why he is now like your yes. favorite player ever. Yes. I love so, so 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 if you have not seen the um, the, the Ken Griffey Jr. Um, documentary that aired on ESPN uh, this past, uh, I believe it was Sunday night, um, the the documentary called Junior. If you're a baseball fan, I highly recommend it. Um, I I think. Ken Griffey is, is top five players of all time. Um, if he, especially if he didn't get hurt, if he stayed healthy, I think he owns a lot of records and, uh, my, and my favorite was, was the story. My favorite was the story of his dad where, where they're running out. Dad was already, I think a little disappointed with them with the hat on backwards and the shirt untucked and some of that kind of stuff. And he runs out and, uh, and, and Griffey runs in front of him and catches a ball. And uh, there, I think dad was, was he in left field and, and Griffey was center. I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. 
anyway, he runs and cuts him off and, and catches the ball and just kind of smiling and just, you know, like a gotcha dad. And, uh, and then comes into the dugout and says, you're grounded. Yes. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's a great story. That's, that's um, the only but, major league combo that's ever been able to do that. Right. To say you're grounded <laughs> from a dead dad telling his son. So cool. Well, aside from controversy and uh, the first letter of uh, baseball and Baptist, there's not a whole lot of similarity between the two. Uh, however, uh, you you had the part of uh, going out and picking up something that the Disaster Relief North American Mission Board is doing. So why don't you talk to us about what they're doing uh, to help people in need right now with some food? Yeah, so, um, so actually send to New Mexico. Um, which is run by um, our two uh, uh, state um, church planning catalysts with, with the North American Mission Board, uh, Dennis Garcia and Chad Spriggs, who have both been on the show before, um, uh, in, in cooperation with some other ministries around, um, have set up a, a food uh, truck delivery uh, service every week, uh, delivering food boxes of fresh fruit and veggies, and I mean, so like every week they're getting this semi-trailer in Las Cruces, New Mexico, a uh, semi-truck full of, of boxes of fruits and veggies. And I think Dennis said on, on each semi is like 1,700 boxes. Um, and so, yeah, I've gone over uh, the last couple of weeks and, and I've picked those up and provided them. And we've been able to give them out to some folks in our, in our church, as well as uh, some just some, some folks in the community that may be in need. Um, and actually, so I saw Dennis yesterday and, and I got to ask him, I said, Dennis, how, who's paying for this? Cause I mean, but, you know, food, food Soros. doesn't just come for free. <laughs> so, so the answer is I found out that, that it's, it's part of the government's uh, cares act. And so this, this program was set up, you, you had all these farmers who with, with the shutdown um, and, and when the shutdown closed, closed things like um, farmers markets, and, and some other stores, uh, suddenly you had farmers with, with all this produce who weren't sure what they were going to be able to do with it. And so the government stepped in and said, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll buy your, uh, this, this produce from you and then we'll, we'll make it available to, uh, folks for free. So, uh, we're, we're able to do this mission project and it's completely, um, taxpayer funded. You know, I've joked before that with, with the air force, uh, we kind of have taxpayer funded missionaries here. So now we have taxpayer funded um, mission projects <laughs> that we're able to give out to, uh, you know, like I said, a mix last night um, as we're recording this on Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, we, we had 25 boxes, about half of them went to uh, folks in our church and then half of them went to just folks in the community as well. So really cool. Um, re really, really cool uh, experience. Um, other than the fact you got to drive to Las Cruces to go pick up, uh, food boxes when it's 102 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's tough to want to leave, uh, you know, 50 degrees or whatever to do that. But yeah. uh, we've got a, a member of our church that's been going to pick them up and uh, delivers them, which that makes it kind of easy on on me because for, for us, you know, as we've talked about before, being in a rural church, uh, you know, for hospital visits, all of that kind of stuff, you're going to have a long drive, a lot of windshield time. And there's ways to maximize that. Uh, that comes on the heels of my day off. And, uh, you know, for, for me, that makes it difficult because then it takes away that day. I'm going to get home a little later. So I can't really deliver them that evening, uh, at least easily. Uh, so that turns it over to, to Wednesday to when I'd be able to do it. That cuts into another day. And uh, so sermon, sermon prep becomes kind of difficult and uh, some of the other stuff that, that needs to be done. And so I'm so grateful 
uh, to have a member that's been willing to do that. And, uh, and God's really gracious in that because we've, we do have a lot of needs in our, both of our churches, I know, uh, and certainly in our communities right now and, uh, having just a little bit of extra, I just know how blessed we are with some of the extra beef that we've been given by members in our church that, uh, just to save, you know, the $20 a week we would be spending in ground beef or steak or whatever to already have it, um, is, is a blessing. So a little extra romaine and some, uh, cantaloupes and all that good stuff is, uh, is certainly a, uh, yeah. a blessing. And so Kyle, well done on, on that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, kudos to Dennis for, for getting all that set up and he, he's really been the, the champion of that. Um, and, and so what, what we've done is worked out, uh, so last week actually, Dusty Marshall, who's also been on the pod and, and another local pastor, um, he and his family went and picked up boxes for their church and for ours. I went over yesterday and picked them up. And then um, we actually have a rotation that's, that's being set up of folks that are that are willing to drive over there. Because kind of like, maybe you'll understand this, Matt. Um, when, when I heard about it, I said, yes, that's awesome. Let's do it. Um, sign, sign us up. And then I went, Oh man, does that mean I got to go to Las Cruces like every week? Because <laughs> it's not quite as long as it is for you. It's a, but it's it's a good hour, hour and fifteen minutes, depending on where we're where we're headed over there. So, um, I mean that's that's a day, you know that 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 eats out a lot of the day. And and so I was like, yes, let's do it. And then oh no, what did I just do? And so you know, we open it up and and we do. We've had several people say, yeah, I'm willing to go one day and pick it up. So. And, and like you said, that's a good way to get our members involved. I mean, we, we have, we have members that, that, that have been itching to do something and with a, with a shutdown, there's not, it's been, you know, when folks would say, what can we do? And I would say, call people, check in on them. But right now, like, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, so, so for, to be able to say, Hey, here's something you can do. If you can take a day, go to Las Cruces, pick up some food boxes. That will be a fantastic, uh, it'll make an impact. So. Really, really hey, as cool. We began to, as we began to wind down, uh, we, we shared a little family news for us with the air conditioning. Uh, I have another one that I don't think we've mentioned on the pod is uh, no longer uh, working for Lifeway Pastors. And, uh, you know, with some of the cuts that they've been uh, making, some substantial cuts from top to bottom and, and you know, and what they give. And, and of course, Gloriette, or not Glorietta, uh, Ridgecrest and, and some of the different camps and so forth. That's been a very difficult season for them. And kind of the whole saying goes that if the churches are doing well, Lifeway is doing well. Well, a lot of churches right now, they may not be doing bad, uh, but a lot of us aren't doing Sunday school. And uh, so that cuts into some of the profits. A lot of us aren't doing camps. They're not doing camps. So that obviously cuts into a number of the, the kind of money uh, input for the company. And uh, so I'm no longer, no longer working there. But I did discover a uh, missed money-making opportunity is uh, basically turning all of my papers through my MDiv to DMIN into books. And I learned that you could do that uh, during this class with church revitalization that I'm doing in my DMIN. Uh, so now I'm thinking, you know, can I even find some of my old uh, research papers and so forth? But, uh, but I did Path to Peace, and, and that has helped offset some of the, uh, the losses that we have there. And, uh, and then I've got my final uh, paper in there that uh, Dr. Queen is uh, grading and uh, has been so encouraging. Of course, I think I could probably write trash and he would still be so encouraging about that trash. <laughs> be like, oh, this trash needs to be read, Matt. You know, you really need to get it out there. So I, I need to send it to some other eyes, but, uh, but this one is called Evangelize to Revitalize and it's the uh, pastor's role in evangelism when it comes to rural church revitalization. 
as, uh, as you and I know, we have to wear a lot of hats. It might be pastor, worship leader, janitor, uh, you know, administrator, all of that kind of stuff that, that we have to wear because we don't have all of the, the staff that others have. Uh, but yet, uh, we can have the best sermons in the world and the best music in the world and the cleanest toilets in the world. Uh, but if we're not going out and inviting and sharing the gospel and, and all of that kind of stuff in the community, church isn't going to grow. And, uh, and so this kind of calls the pastors to, to look at what the Bible says about evangelism, what the Bible says about pastoral leadership, uh, and then what, uh, how, how those kind of two things can go together with how we can lead out into evangelism, particularly in rural contexts with some practical application and so forth. And so I'm working on that and uh, waiting. This time I'm waiting. Last time I published the book uh, before I got the grade. Uh, graciously, I got a great grade, uh, but this time I'm waiting. Uh, that, that one way, I'll have a free proofreader. Uh, you had to pay to have a copy, uh, copy editor. Uh, his name is Matt Hensley uh, for, yes, for your book. Uh, but I have a free one. It is uh, one, well, I guess I've paid for it technically because I paid for the class. But you, anyway, you probably paid cool. a lot more than I paid Matt Hensley to be the copy editor of my book. Significantly <laughs> more. Uh, but, but be looking for that, evangelize to revitalize and uh, the pastor's role in evangelism and rural church uh, revitalization. And uh, so that's been fun. But uh, no, I'm not going to go back and take all of my research papers and put them into uh, books. See, you, you no just ruined it because I was about to say by the end of by the end of 2020, Matt will be Matt will have more books on the market than Tom Rainer himself. So. My goal <laughs> is to outpublish Charles Spurgeon. So I think a long time ago, my goal was to write more hymns than uh, who was it? Van Crosby, Crosby that has the uh, the record for that. That was my goal, and then I, I wrote one. And I was like, this was hard. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. But hey, I can take a bunch of papers and put them into books and suddenly look at me now. I'm coming for you, Spurgeon. I'm going to have a there's your, there's your There's your excuse to just be, you know, in, in perpetual school, right? So yeah. I'm going to finish my demon. What can, oh, I'll do a THM and then I'll, then I'll go do a PhD because I got to have these papers so that I can turn them into books and, and generate income. I'm going to spend thousands to make hundreds, honey. That's, that's the way it works. <laughs> and, and then, of course, I, I mean, you've got the other built-in one. You know, you, you don't manuscript. I manuscript. And uh, so I've got all of this writing put together. You know, every week, about 3,000 words worth of Jonah. And so, you know, however many sermons, that's going to end up being like 11 or 12. I can't remember. Uh, but times 3,000 worth of words, and I'm not going to turn those into just books of sermons or whatever, but I am doing a, uh, a coffee uh, commentary, basically, a devotional commentary called uh, Jonah Over Coffee. And uh, so since each of my sermons are text-driven, I've got kind of three or four or five points each uh, sermon, then I can kind of take each of those, apply it, uh, have a last drop, because uh, it's good to the last drop, baby, and uh, and I'll I'll share a little personal application that they can put into practice. In the case of Jonah, of course, each one may be different, but in the case of Jonah, uh, by the end of the book, uh, they will have written out their testimony, people that they're praying for, a, uh, a gospel presentation, uh, what's keeping them from it, some some of those kinds of things, and by the end of it, they'll have all the tools that they need to go out to those four or five people that they listed out that they knew that weren't saved and share the gospel. So in other words, their only choice at that point is either to jump on a boat, uh, boat and go to Tarshish or go and share the gospel. So. Nice. 
Well, there you go, man. I love it. I love it. Um, I like your bald head. And I'm glad, that got, I'm glad that I've got air conditioning and I'm glad that I'm done with my D-Men seminars. All I've got now is the project. Yep. You are ABD. In, all in, but in dissertation. Was, yeah. If I was, I, I was going to make a rock bridge dig. Oh. I got to read your book. It's really good. <laughs> well, so. thanks. Um, yeah, it's not so, a coloring book after all. It is not. Point. No, there, there was a little bit of substance there. So yeah, that should be, uh, that, that book, uh, they devoted themselves, which is a, a reworking of my, uh, doctor of ministry project in Acts you did the same thing. through 47 <laughs> is yes, I did, but I, I didn't take all of my individual papers, but now you're giving me an idea. Um, but oh, no, man. no. So, uh, so that book, uh, they devoted themselves should be available, uh, later on this fall, late, late summer, early fall is what we're, what we're shooting for. So pretty exciting. Welcome, and, and then I have I have one more um, uh, one more plug I'm going to make, and that is for um, an online event that that uh, Church Replanters is doing the Replant team from the North American Mission Board, and that is Monday, July 27th. So some of our listeners will be familiar with uh, Mondays with Mark uh, Mark Clifton's uh, usually 20, 20 minute or so, uh, just kind of encouraging word on on Monday evenings. We are co opting a Monday with Mark. We're gonna, we're gonna have about a two hour live event. Um, called Am I a Replanner Online? Um, be joined by myself and Jimbo Stewart and Mark Clifton and Bob Bickford. And, and I've heard a rumor that Chosen Road may be involved in that as well. And so, uh, so Monday, July 27th, live on Facebook. There is no cost. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do a, a very scaled down version of our, of our in-person um, uh, Am I a Replanner event. And I'm uh, really looking forward to that. So I get to go record my uh, my my part for that this weekend um, at a studio at Anchor Church in Albuquerque with with our friend Jared Bridge and Chad Spriggs. So it's gonna be fun. I I, I, I feel fancy. Nice. I'm gonna go gonna go gonna go. The the replanter is going to co-opt a church planter's uh, fancy studio to <laughs> to record the the video. So it's gonna be fun. That'll be awesome. Well, Kyle, uh, as you take a sip from your ember mug, mm-hmm. uh, those that are listening in, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And baseball is back. Glory. This podcast has been sponsored in part by the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. There are a lot of great things happening on Seminary Hill, and so we encourage you to find out all about them at swibbits.edu after this short clip by Roy Fish. Again, that is swbts.edu. Have a great day, and God bless. People without Jesus are lost. And they're not only lost, but they're in danger of being eternally lost. The fact that people are going to be in hell if they don't somehow come into saving faith.